Screen Time with John Fardy. This is News Talk. Hello and welcome to Screen Time. I'm John Fardy and this is News Talk's TV and movie show. This week on the show, Paul Dano and Jeffrey Wright on their new roles in The Batman, the much-talked-about new blockbuster. Irish actor Mo Dumford on his new one-shot movie on Netflix, Night Ride. Plus Mark Ryle on the week's new releases. I'm open on Twitter, John underscore Fardy. Or you can email me, screentime at newstalk.com. This show is available as a podcast every Friday at 5pm on Newstalk.com or the Newstalk app powered by Go Loud. And it's on the radio every Saturday at 6pm here on Newstalk. Good weekend to you all. Hope you're doing well. Good news for the Irish at this week's Screen Actors Guilds Awards when Ferdia Walsh-Pilo uh, was celebrating as part of the cast, the ensemble class they won for best performance in a motion picture for the movie Coda, which, you know, is a best Oscar nominee. And I think this award and what happened at the SAGs may move it slightly up the reckoning. If you haven't seen it, it's on Apple TV. It is a fantastic movie. We reviewed it last year. Coda means child of a deaf adult and it's about a young woman who is the is the only member of a family who has her hearing while her siblings and her parents are deaf. And it uh, is a remarkable film. It, it's kind of drifted out of people's minds a bit since it came out, I think, but it is back in people's minds now and may start to gather momentum uh, for the Oscars that are fast approaching. And also Will Smith, he won for Best Actor and I think that's going to happen in the Oscars as well so uh, it's award season I get interested by this stuff you know I do I do I do now in TV there was only one show in town on a gathering storm comes a tall handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand that's the theme tune for although I don't think it actually started this Sunday night's episode of Peaky Blinders. Now, if you haven't watched Peaky Blinders, you're tired of people talking about it. Killian Murphy playing the head of this Birmingham gang who, over the years, become like a corporation almost, albeit a very nasty one. And season six, the final season, was upon us on Sunday night with a blistering episode. Uh, It was looking, obviously, at the sad passing, which you may know about Helen McRory, who was the matriarch of the Peaky Blinders, and she played Polly. So that was very much covered in the episode, and we saw her funeral, and it had a brilliant kind of scene closer and scene opener from season five, and then the action moved ahead to Boston, where Killian Murphy is in full effect, getting into the opium trade, and trying to seek revenge on a on fellow Peaky Blinder. It was a great episode. The thing about Peaky Blinders is, it, it, it seems like a strange thing to say, but Killian Murphy's character is just getting darker and scarier with each passing episode. I think his demons appear to be about to catch up with him. I, I, I thought it was a great opener. I really did. It was trademark Peaky Blinders. Statement TV, as they call it, and it ended brilliantly in a, in a prison in Boston. If you've seen it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you haven't seen Peaky Blinders, do yourself a favour. It's one of the best TV shows around. It really is. Now, the big new release of the cinema week is this. If you are justice... Really not as smart as I thought you were. 
cruise away. Yes, that is a clip of Paul Dano there, who plays the Riddler from the new Batman movie, simply called The Batman. Or, you know, it's not that simple, really. The de- the, the definitive article, isn't that what it's called? The my, my gra- grammarian roots are leaving me, but The Batman, as you know, was released this week, Friday, the 4th of March. Robert Pattinson plays Batman, and he does a pretty good job, I have to say. Incredibly dark. This is a, I don't want to say a reimagining of the Batman story, because it isn't really, but it's Batman in year one, basically, or year two, where he's only recently, Bruce Wayne has decided to become Batman. And it's very much kind of a detective story. And the Riddler is his main villain. But he's a villain, he's a kind of DIY villain. He doesn't have one of those ridiculous costumes on. He has very much a DIY one. And the roots of this movie are kind of in the comic books because Batman, the Batman, is very much a detective story. You may have heard you have Colin Farrell, an unrecognisable Colin Farrell, playing the Penguin. And you have Jeffrey Wright playing Commissioner Gordon. He's only lieutenant in this. You also have Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman. Again, a very DIY kind of Catwoman in it. It's a long movie. It's three hours. It's very dark, but it's pretty damn good, I have to say. It's all about the Riddler taking over Gotham in a very, very creepy way and the Batman as his foe going up against him. And there's a huge amount going on and and I'm going to talk more with Mark Ryle after the break, but I want to bring you two of the stars. Paul Dano, the great Paul Dano who's been in everything from There Will Be Blood, 12 Years a Slave, Little Miss Sunshine, one of my favourite movies of all time, plays the Riddler. And Jeffrey Wright, he of Felix fame from the recent Bond movies, but but other things, The Hunger Games. He's been in all sorts of things. He's kind of Hollywood royalty. Now, he plays Commissioner Gordon, Lieutenant Gordon, in this iteration, and Paul Dano plays the Riddler, and I got to chat to them earlier in the week. Jeffrey, if I can start with you, you know, I have a sense of you as an actor and all the great things you've done over the years, and then I read that you were a Batman nut for the longest time. Uh, I'm, I'm, do people find it incongruous that you're such a Batman fan? I don't know why we should, but I kind of did. Well, hey, I was an eight-year-old kid once. Uh, <laughs> even you were. Yeah, even I. And so, um, absolutely, I loved uh, Batman. Uh, the TV series was my first introduction, and it's it was just you know it was just adventure and 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 intrigue and 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 just a wonderful bit of inter- entertainment. We were pulled into that. It's 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 an interesting. It's a bit of a wink at the comics. You know, it kind of you know. Uh, takes uh, a bit of the piss, uh, as they say, if I can say that. Absolutely, um, the more the merrier. It, 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 but it's brilliantly performed. Uh, you know, Adam West, of course, uh, as as the Batman, but Cesar Romero is wonderful, and Burgess Meredith as as the the Penguin, Frank Gorshin as the Riddler, Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar, you know, uh, trading uh, uh, cat women uh mm-hmm. so it i mean it's it was wonderful stuff and you know i was you know i was a kid in the you know 70s you know we all watched you know tv probably too much tv and and, and batman was was front and center for me i Absolutely. hear you 
And Paul, I love what they do. I was a Batman nut as well. We got that in Ireland, the Adam West one as well in the 80s. I'm, I'm slightly younger than Jeffrey, not much though. But I loved what they did or what you did with the Riddler because, you know, in the Adam West one, for instance, and in other iterations of it, he's he's very much comic booky. Yet yours is wonderfully dark and twisted and kind of of the now. Were you really excited when you read the script? I was shocked by it. I mean, frankly, Matt's entire conception uh, was so uh, powerful and fully realized, even just on the page, that I was mm. sort of blown away. Um, uh, yes, I I also liked that. I mean, firstly, it, it gave us the creative freedom to go wherever this version needed to go. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think it's uh, nice. I mean, of course, I took in the history of, of Batman and of Gotham and of the Riddler, um, but to, to not owe any debt in some ways it was, was freeing. And I think one, one of the things that I love that Matt was offering us the opportunity to do was to make this villain as personal and emotional and psychological as possible and and, mm. and it's also a, a thematically rich film while also being a, an immersive action spectacle yeah i was really uh excited uh by the opportunity at hand yeah yeah and jeffrey you know the eagle-eyed amongst us will notice that you're not commissioner gordon in this you're lieutenant gordon and it, it's fascinating that that's where they've chosen to situate your character and you're taking a punt on batman as we say in this part of the world because there's a great scene at the start where cops are going what are you doing talking to this guy you know like your character was such a clever twist on it that's certainly how i saw it yeah, I, I I agree, and it Matt wanted to celebrate Batman as the world's greatest detective, which is you know the seed uh, mm. at the core of 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 the series going back you know eighty years, and so he decided we're in year two of Batman's story, and so if if Gordon is a lieutenant, it gives him an opportunity to still be a cop on the street, and 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 in that the film is is driven by detective work, mystery, intrigue, all of that that uh, makes for a, a rich storyline, then Gordon as a Lieutenant is more activated in that way. I, it was a really wonderful decision on Matt's part and excited me when I read it because, you know, I, you, 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 you know, you might easily assume that, you know, Gordon's commissioner is behind a desk somewhere, you know, barking orders and admiring the Batman mm. from afar. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But in this case, uh, he gets to be uh, you know, partnered with him in a way that we is explored uh, to some extent in some of the uh, some of the comics, yeah. and uh, just makes for a you know a, a rich kind of classic uh, detective duo, uh, you know, in the in the guise of Holmes and uh, and and Watson. I think is Gary Oldman who played him once before, of course, once uh, once described him. Yeah. And Paul, just finally, then, can I just throw a complete curveball at you and say my favorite teenager ever committed to screen was you wearing a Nietzsche T-shirt, refusing to speak and then rescuing his sister in the wonderful Little Miss Sunshine. If I didn't just tell you how much I love that movie while you were in front of me, I'd never forgive myself. So I just want to say thank you for that. 
Well, that is that is really nice. Uh, I appreciate that, and that was a, a, a special film and experience for me. So, yeah, thanks. That's really no nice. problem. Well, the Batman is a wonderful film as well, and thank you both for talking to me, guys. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Paul Dano there talking about Little Miss Sunshine, but of course, the Batman, where he plays the Riddler. And also you heard me talking to Jeffrey right there, who is Commissioner Gordon. He's actually Lieutenant Gordon in this. And the Batman is very good. But after the break, we'll hear what Mark Royal thought about it. Now you're welcome back to Screen Time News Talks TV and Movie Show. Before, I, I forgot what kind of show it was there. TV and, oh yes, movies. And movies we were talking about before the break, The Batman. And as I mentioned... Mark Ryle, our resident critic, is going to tell us what he thought of it. And we're also looking at a new horror, an Irish horror movie called You Are Not My Mother. I was trying to think of a good Batman analogy. Is Mark Ryle the Robin to my Batman? I'm not sure just, about just, that. Just leave it. Are you? Just, are, you are you? Maybe you're Gotham. Are you? No, <laughs> let's, just, Gotham? let's just Arkham let's Asylum. Just <laughs> <laughs> the Penguin. You're my cat woman. Okay, let's just go. You're right. You're right. So listen, uh, I was I was talking to Paul Dano and Jeffrey Wright <laughs> before the break, and uh, I've clearly stated that I pretty much really enjoyed the Batman. How did you find it, Mark? And you weren't lying. No. No. Um. It's it's great. Um. It's not an origin story, thank God. Yes. Um. I don't yeah. think I could have sat through another flashback of Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot. Um, and Matt Reeves is he, the director, writer, director, Matt Reeves. He's savvy enough to, to cop that everyone knows Batman's origin story at mm. this stage. Although it's alluded um, to, but you're right. There's no, there's no, uh, it is. Yeah, I guess. Anything. No, but I might, yeah, I'll probably come back to that in a bit. What basically what is happening here is that, uh, the mayor of Gotham has just been found murdered and the killer has desecrated the body with a message for the Batman and a code to be solved. And then this code leads to other murders and links to a corruption cover-up on many different levels, um, and it's a it's a much younger Batman than we've we've ever had. I think um, he is in what he's calling year two of the Gotham Project, which yeah. is where we're at. Yeah, exactly. And I mentioned before the break that it's not an origin story, as you say, but it's it's the start of his career, kind of. And and even the Gotham residents aren't that familiar with him. The villain is who I was talking to before the break, Paul Dano, the Riddler. Let's let's start there, and we'll get to Robert Pattinson. I thought it was a great villain piece uh, because it's a DIY kind of villain. He's not wearing a ridiculous costume. What did you think of the character of the Riddler? It is. Uh, it's. It's it's fantastic. It, it, we have to say that that visually, it's incredible, mm. and there there are shots in this that are going to I think stay with me. And Matt Reeves has managed to he's managed to create some incredibly striking imagery that I think it, with time is going to become iconic and synonymous with this character. But the, going back to Paul Dano, the scene where he is his character first appears, it could be, it could have been lifted straight from a horror movie. Mm. And it's a it's a fantastic example of using negative space effectively um, wow, and using I feel like I'm on home of the year here. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, using darkness effectively on film yeah. um, and Matt Reeves, he pulls the same trick with Patterson more than once. And mm. um, it is it's very, very effective and it really sets the tone for the movie. Um, it's impossible to, to, to not make comparisons with David Fincher's seven, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny as you say it, though. You know, at times I was at the start, I wasn't sure who was talking, whether it was the Batman, Robert Pattinson 
or the Riddler at or, times. They were they were quite close in certain periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, to be fair, Batman, Pattinson's Batman voice isn't as stupid as Christian Bale's no. Batman voice. Um, but like, it's I think Seven is a very uh, it's an enormous influence. And apart from it's got the both the, both movies have a very similar look and feel, which is you know it's either dark and rainy or slightly less dark and rainy mm. all the time. But at its heart, uh, the Batman that that is this movie. It's essentially a detective story. Yes. And yeah, and Pattinson's Batman. I think it's the closest that the character has come to being a detective, possibly ever. Yeah. And yeah, and Paul Dano's Riddler. Uh, there's similarities to Kevin Spacey's John Doe or the Zodiac Killer. Um, and you could say, I suppose you could say he's a he's a serial killer with notions. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I think it's a. He starts as a character. He it's the the, the character of Paul Dano, Dano. He feels genuinely subversive and dangerous mm. at the beginning of this. Um, unfortunately, he's a bit of a chatty Cathy, <laughs> and the more it goes on, he's used. The more he's used, I think, the less effective the character becomes. I don't know how, what you think about. Yeah, that. I know what you mean. When he was more a specter in the shadows, it was more yeah. interesting. Yeah, I I mean it, it. It held me to be honest, and particularly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to get into what happens, but I'll tell you what I really liked about it. And you talked about its detective story roots, and mm. Jeffrey Wright before the break was talking to me about that because that's how it began. I mean, Batman was in a a comic book called Detective Stories, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But what it also had aside from that was, which you don't see in a lot of superhero movies, and I'm not even sure in some sense if this is even a superhero movie. Of course it is on one level. Yeah. But there are lots of twists in it, as in almost like a detective story twisting away. You know what I mean? There was places this went that most yeah. superhero movies don't in terms of plotting. It's 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 far less epic in scope than than I suppose Christopher Nolan's movies were. But then I suppose everything is far less epic in scope than Christopher Nolan's movies were. Um, it's it's it is less action oriented than than is the norm for this kind of thing. And for once, it's not an excuse just to go to the next big action set piece. Yeah. And there is there is a story going on here. Um, but did you think there were a, a lot of nice twists in it? Sorry, you didn't there, It is. I do, I do. I do think it's a it's a monster of a movie. Yeah. It's a three hour runtime, yeah. and you know I don't want to sound like I'm trying to run a script a script writing workshop because honestly I wouldn't have a clue what I was talking about. But I do think that the story gets a little bit too unwieldy and sprawling at, at a certain point. Um, I, like as I said earlier, it's not an origin story, but it, but Bruce Wayne's past is knitted into the fabric of this story, and there's a lot of unpicking at these threads. Mm. Um, and I, on the one hand, I suppose you could say that there, it, there, like it goes off on tangents and and there are twists and turns. I think maybe a tighter script would have worked wonders. I think th the problem is that there, perhaps there's just too much story. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. As much as I enjoyed it, I think they could have told the same story half an hour, you know, less. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, I just want to quickly talk about the, the score because it's, it's, it's incredible. Mm. Michael Giacchino's musical score, it's, it's noticeably distinct from all of the other bog-standard superhero stuff. Mm. Um, it's, it's not overly bombastic and dialed up to 11 all of the time and telling you what to feel. In fact, it's quite... It's quite a subtle and low-key score for one of these kind of movies, you yeah. know, and it does what a good score should do, which is it, it elevates the material. Now, let me ask you two quick things. Uh, you, you mentioned Robert Pattinson's yeah. voice. What did you think of him as Batman? 
I think he's a great Batman. He's a he's a really he's a really really good man. Like his voice is great. It's a funny thing to be talking about. He he's I also think he's a very good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, and they've they've the stupid Playboy aspect has been completely done away with. Yeah. And he doesn't really make any effort to hide this alter ego. Um, the this Bruce Wayne he's he's more of a recluse. Yeah. And he's miserable. I, I he, he yeah he is. But I mean that's fair enough. No, exactly. Um, you would be too. I think. I think it might be the first. He might be the first actor in the role in a long time that isn't playing second fiddle to the villains, or in the. I suppose in the case of Ben Affleck, everybody else in the movie. You know. <laughs> Poor Ben as Batman. You know. Uh, listen, but then finally we have to mention our own Irish Colin Farrell. I I know a lot Colin of people Farrell. have said this, but oh I came out of the movie going, "Who was Colin Farrell?" Because he is unrecognizable. As the he penguin. really is. I thought he was great, <laughs> but I mean, there was no way you would think it was Colin Farrell. No, no, he's 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 in a, he seems to be in a different movie to everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what Colin Farrell is doing is he's doing uh, Robert De Niro in Scorsese mode, amplified by ten, I think, mm. in a fat suit. <laughs> did, so, but did you like him? He, I mean, he's great. I, yeah. I think, I think Colin Farrell, he's a, he's, he's, he's brilliant. You know, yeah. um, but I have to say, fair play to him for for picking the fat suit. I think he had just yeah. come off of, uh, is it the Northwater that that BBC thing? <laughs> yeah. And he had put on a lot of weight for that, and basically he just said, "No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Give me fair, the fat suit." Yeah, fair play to him. And of course, Zoe Kravitz. I thought again, a good kind of DIY Catwoman. It wasn't in, you know, it wasn't this ridiculous leather suit or anything. You know. Yeah, I yeah I know. I just I do think there's just there's perhaps too much story going on in this, you know, and unfortunately I think hers I think maybe was Zoe a bit Kravitz cleaved in. Maybe her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's okay. just it's a lot of movie. <laughs> it is. It is. But a lot of it is great. What would you say stars wise? I'm home and home between four and four and a half. Oh. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with four though. Yeah, I was going to give it four as well, just because it's slightly too long. But I mean, if you like The Dark Knight, even though they're different, I think you'll really like this. And, and as I say, it's it's a superhero movie, nearly in name alone. And by virtue of the fact that obviously the lead character is wearing a superhero suit, but there's a lot more going on. So I really liked it as well. So that's four stars for The Batman from me and Mark Royal. Let's take a quick clip. Our accounting friends at Wayne Enterprises are coming for breakfast. Here. Why? Because I couldn't get you to go there. I ain't got time for this. It's getting serious, Bruce. If this continues, it won't be long before you've nothing left. I don't care about that. Any of that. You don't care about your family's legacy? What I'm doing is my family's legacy. If I can't change things here, if I can't have an effect, I don't care what happens to me. That's what I'm afraid of. Alfred, stop. You're not my father. I'm well aware. That was Andy Serkis playing Alfred, we should have mentioned there, opposite uh, Robert Pattinson, who plays the Batman in The Batman. This definitive article thing is confusing. You have to say the, you know. It's kind of annoying me. There's a lot of movies you have this the in front of, you know. Anyway. Small gripe, I think you'll agree. Mm. So listen, a completely different movie in some sense is a new Irish horror movie I haven't got to yet. So this is in your capable hands called You Are Not My Mother. Yeah, words I have often shouted petulantly myself. <laughs> um, this At is... your wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, oh, you Are okay. Not My Mother. It's the Straight first, in, no messing. First, 
Yeah, yeah. It's the first feature from uh, an Irish writer-director called Kate Dolan, mm-hmm. um, who I'm going to be watching with great inter- interest to see what she does next. So the story here is, it's about Shar. Is, uh, she's a lonely teenager. She's struggling to make friends at school. She comes from a very nondescript North Dublin housing estate. Um, she lives with her, her, her largely incapacitated grandmother and her mother, who is struggling with depression. Um, and after driving Shar to school one day, her mother disappears. Um, the car is found abandoned in the field with the doors open and no sign of, of of the mother. And then when she shows up again 24 hours later, she is not herself. So I suppose the question is, who or what is she? Mm. Sounds intriguing. So you were intrigued. Very, very intrigued. Um, it's it, it's that very rare beast. It's a horror movie that's genuinely creepy. Okay. I and like the sound it manages to be creepy without falling back on sudden loud noises and lazy jump scares. Right. Um, it does it through clever writing and building atmosphere and intense performances. Um, the story uses elements of Irish folklore, uh, I suppose, particularly the, that, that, that concept of the changeling. Mm. Um, and it f- does feel very similar uh, to there was a Lee, there was a movie called uh, The Hole in the Ground from yeah. a couple of years back by Lee Cronin, which I know you loved. Another fantastic Irish horror, yeah. which I think between one thing or another, unfortunately, I didn't get to talk about at the time. So I'm I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to talk up this one now because it's a great piece of work. Um, it's also unique. We've got a, a female writer director and a primarily female cast. Mm. Um, and that really deserves to be held up and supported. But even notwithstanding with, all of that, it's just simply a really great horror movie. Yeah, oh, well, that, as I say, that, that sounds really intriguing. And this is on general release. What would you say stars wise? Um, I'm going to give it a, another four. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's buoyant this week. OK. And Kate Dolan, who is the writer director of it. I mean, a lot of people from what I've read are talking about her as the next big thing uh, based on this because this is her first time feature and it seems like she's knocked it out of the park. I will be getting to this myself in the coming days. Uh, So four stars for You Are Not My Mother which is on release in cinemas this Friday. Four stars for The Batman for both me and Mark which is also in cinemas this Friday. Thank you Mark. Thanks John. Up next Mo Dumford on his new movie Night Ride. Now, you're welcome back to Screen Time, News Talks TV and Movie Show. Now, I want to talk to you about another new release this week that's on Netflix that landed on Friday. That's the 4th of March, and it's called Night Ride. Not to be confused with Knight Rider, although it does involve a car. So it's a kind of wry, real-time, one-shot thriller set on the midnight streets of Belfast. It places us in the driver's seat with small-time dealer Budge as he tries to pull off one last deal with cash borrowed from a dangerous loan shark. When the handover goes catastrophically wrong, Budge finds himself in a race against time to find his missing product and get a new buyer before the loan shark tracks him down. As I say, it's shot in real time, so it takes place over the 97 minutes or whatever it is, in one continuous take. And it's mostly Budge, played brilliantly 
by our old friend Mo Dumford. And there are other voices. There's one or two other actors, but most of the other voices are coming through him on his car phone. It's a really unusual, highly inventive movie, which I enjoyed a lot. And it's not just about the concept. It's a great, gritty thriller. Now, Mo Dumford... As you know, the Wexford-born actor, he's been in everything. Most notably, I suppose, he came to prominence in Vikings. He was in Rosie. He's currently in The Chainsaw Massacre, the reboot, the remake on Netflix. He's in this. He's loads more stuff coming on. We know Mo of old on this show. He chose his favourite movie for us last year, and we had a great chat about that. So I got to have a chat with Mo earlier in the week about Night Ride and a bit more besides. You know, a lot's been made of the fact that it's one take it's filmed or it's it's presented in real time and it's a it's a great ride of a movie if you'll pardon the pun but as an actor was there huge demands on you or is it still just like making any other movie I'm wondering how different the experience was considering you were trying to shoot it I know you didn't act it that way but you're trying to shoot it in the Mm -hmm. 83 minutes it was or whatever yeah we're always trying to look for that realism and there's no escape on a one-take movie. So in your standard movie TV experience, you'd have multiple times and sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. Yes. Sometimes you try and conjure up an element of pressure for the take uh, and uh, sometimes you just have to act it. Whereas this, it was pressure. It was 90 minutes of uh, real uh, pressure and trying to stay cool under that. So. Yeah. Uh, the demands were there to, you know, drive around Belfast, 100 pages of dialogue. I'd never had a filmmaking experience like the time. But there's the other side of you that relishes that because you can't be afraid of that. As an actor, that's what I love. I had yeah. already done, we'd all done one year of this uh, pandemic and lockdowns before that. So when the opportunity came to go, right, you want to do a feature in one take and do all the driving i said absolutely work with a great filmmaker absolutely mm. um because every now and again you get a chance to be challenged and mm. i like in this movie that the when the pressure does come in that it is real yeah you can see me be under pressure you can see me being pulled over by the police how i am and that police chase or the police it's not a chase but when they put you over that was real wasn't it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. wow yeah. that's because it felt real you know yeah. <laughs> as you're fumbling for your insurance and <laughs> yeah well you know <clears throat> kind of reminded me of the 16 year old i used to be driving around let's let's not get into that now no we're involved no um every night was different john yeah. uh, you know six takes over six nights so yeah we'd film it 10 o'clock uh, and then finish at 12. Yeah, it was it, it was unlike any other, but again, you were in the process from the get-go. Yeah. So I was driving myself to set, you know, it wasn't like okay. you get by a driver. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're driving around yourself, you know. So it really was kind of, you know, guerrilla filmmaking in a way. Like you were showing up in your own car and shooting and hitting the streets and getting what you could get. Big time. Yeah, big wow. time. And we had six days rehearsal so one day we'd we'd rehearse 15 minutes of it the first 15 minutes second day the next 15 and so on so on and the last day rehearsal we'd try and put it all together mm. and in theater you talk about your first dress rehearsal being rough yeah you know, <laughs> you know those early days it was a it was it was battle stations you know red, red alerts but um 
I guess the as an actor, the thing for me, which was the challenge, was just trying to get the energy right. Yeah. Um, how restrained can you be initially? Um, try and give more. Yeah. Stephen would say, "Hey, pull back, pull back." Um, let's be sort of inspired by Ben Ben Conway's script. He's he's my yeah. buddy. There's references to Michael Mann and American yeah. movies. Yeah, and fun, funny ones as well at times when you're yeah. calling Miami Vice to each other. And yeah. At odd moments when it's life and death stuff and someone throws in a Miami Vice quote, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ben loves that. He loves yeah. in, 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 in movies where guys just reference movies in movies. Yeah. He says that's, you know, he, he comes up with great dialogue. I've read a lot of his scripts. And there's a lot of movie references in his scripts. You know, we uh, we wanted to make it real. We wanted to sort of do something that hadn't been done. I wanted to work with uh, the director Stephen Fingleton for for years since uh, since I saw The Survivalist. Yes, I think he's I think he's amazing. What's great about it is that you know sometimes a movie like this it can be all about the concept. Uh, that it's like you know one guy in a car one take in real time and someone forgets to actually write a proper script or something that's gonna but it's and I'm not just saying it because I'm talking to you but it's a real watch as well forget about all the cinematic stuff which is great and all the techniques but it's a brilliant thriller that keeps you on your edge of your seat and that's rare sometimes a movie like this is in danger of getting a lost in its own kind of technique and this doesn't so it's important to say that it's brilliant and obviously you have a lot to do with that tell me this I mentioned uh, it's a one-man piece but there are lots of other voices in it all and the legendary Stephen Ray is in it. Uh, and it took me a while to realize it was him, this discombobulated voice on the phone. Did you Did you ever, I presume you met him at some stage, even though we don't see him and he's not in the movie in that way, but his voice is very much in the movie. Oh, I've met Stephen, yeah. We, we but did I mean, a, for this project, did you have no, to never, meet him? No, never. Yeah, I've okay. never met him. Um, his, his performance in this is so menacing. Mm, you know? Yeah. He, believe it or not, he came on board later. It okay. was Stephen's voice, Stephen Fingleton's voice originally. Okay. And Stephen Ray came in and delivered okay. the performance you have there. And yeah. it, is, it is chilling. It's it really a, is. It really is chilling. Yeah. <laughs> the performances uh, from a lot of the voice actors are amazing. They're all yeah. a, lot, a lot of variation. Um, there's a young girl, Ellie O'Halloran. She played my daughter in Rosie. Yes. So I said, guys, if Budge is an outsider from the South, we need someone who, you know, I, I have a great chemistry with Ellie. Bring her in as cousin. She brings a, a great performance to it. But the reacting to a CD player was sort of, you know, lost its uh, charm on me <laughs> as, as time went on. So I yeah. really, as soon as Budge gets out of the car, I, I meet real dynamite actors. I have Jared Jordan and like, he's just, he's incredible. He's electric. Mm. He plays Troy, very menacing. Um, Joanna Ribeiro, uh, she's from Portugal. She's mm. she's incredible. And they come along for the ride. Yeah. So every night, I'm not just doing all the driving. Yeah. He's tailing me through yeah. the streets of Belfast for real. Yeah. You know? And sometimes he'd be pulled over by the cops for real. Okay. He's in the film. It was a wild ride. And, you know, if you're into, you, you, I know you're into cars and you're into your car movies and driving movies, the, the tailing that's done in this movie is very good. It's very effective. Uh, there's a few scenes of tailing in it that are, they're chilling, you know, it was, it was, it's like petrifying these lights coming back up behind you. It's really well done, you know. Oh, good. I mean, Belfast plays a large part to play. Uh, yeah. Dave Bird, it's his first feature movie, our cinematographer. And 
you're to rely on the natural light of Belfast at night. It looks amazing. The fact that it was in lockdown and uh, not many people on the streets made it easier for us uh, to drive around. But uh, sometimes there's, you know, lucky things that just happen on the night that we have that people are going to see. That's the take where a lot of lucky things happen. Yeah. Listen, uh, I make a policy of never lying about having seen movies, right? And I'm talking to you about Night Ride, but you're also on Netflix when this goes out as of last week with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I haven't got to watch it. So my apologies, right? There's many movies in my father's mansion. but And it's doing very well uh, on the figures that I saw today in terms of how many people are watching on Netflix, certainly in, in dear old Ireland. One of the things people not complain about, but keeps coming up is, man, it's a slasher movie and it's very grimy, violent. What's, what's your take on that, that people are saying this is a real violent slasher movie well you know the clues in the title what are they expecting from yeah texas Chainsaw massacre <laughs> you know, uh, and uh what i mean by that is we had a conversation before about the nature of the bond movies how they change from each yeah. day i got quite involved with that last conversation yeah 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 um, yeah that was all the, good it's all good i think we repeated that in a christmas special you'd be pleased oh, to hear. yeah <laughs> and, you know, and hey hey listen i preempted you know um, yeah. no time to die they brought back Louis Armstrong. I know. You, you were way ahead. Um, I was dead ahead, man. I was dead ahead. So, you know, 1982, you released a sequel to the original 10 years later. It's a comedy. The yeah. third one, that's quite gritty. You get more gory. I was 16 years old when my brother introduced me to the original. There was no gore. It was uh, Austin Film School graduates who had yeah. never made a movie before. Uh, very little, low budget. It's what you don't see was scary. Um I wasn't big into horror movies before. I am now because there's a real gift to related to how they're made. And um, changing times with the Halloween movies out mm. now, you're inspired by what's out. And I think uh, it's an interesting argument to be made about how much money a production company has to mm. make a simple horror movie versus, you know, um, going out there and doing, say, what Stephen Fingleton did with Knight Wright, trying to be inventive. So mm-hmm. there's there's two ways you can go. You can, 1970s were very, uh, would lure the audience in with nuance and subtleties, whereas these days, sometimes, I don't know, we have TikTok, we have Instagram generations. I, I did like that this new one, it's about this new um, gang of sort of hipsters try and make juice bars out of an old texan town i yeah. did like that because that's a twist subversion of the original you know yeah. it how it's done people can uh, talk and argue with what they liked what they don't like yeah personally for me um the character that i play um the bits that i got to do uh, i love texas and i love texans <laughs> the first time i was yeah. ever in america i was i went to texas to south by southwest and uh I don't like, for me, I don't like if an American comes over here and does a dodgy Irish role. So I, I wanted to give a sort of fair description about a character from the old West, middle between, say, Alwyn Ferrer's character and these bright young upstarts. They sort of um, have them understated, quite cool. Uh, yeah, don't mess with him, but he'll help you if he needs to. I, I you know, because the, you know, the, I, I don't really like when they're, oh, hillbillies you know? yeah. no 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 i know absolutely <laughs> you know, I, I i really i quite lucked out with the character i played actually um i enjoyed it yeah and you're right i i've actually also been to texas three times because a 
good pal of mine lives in Dallas and it's a much more varied state than, than yeah, people man. think. It's bigger than Ireland and you've all sorts of cool places and hick places, but it's yeah. it's massive. Anyway, listen, no, it's, you know, it's a good it's a good discussion, you know, for people that want to have it, but uh, it's doing the rounds, I tell you that that movie yeah, is it is. It um, is, yeah. and I, I'm sure it'll do wonders for you. Listen, you know, people are always saying your your stars on the rise, which it clearly is. What what's next for you after you finish promoting a couple of these movies? What's the next project, or can you say? Or yeah, no. Um, what I tell you, I'm quite excited about is the dry that's coming out. We've already shot it. It's a TV series. Okay. Um, Paddy Brennock, I get to work with him again. A very different character to Rosie, and you'll see it in May. And it's uh, about it's a it's a comedy drama about alcoholism and families and Irish families. And uh, Roisin Gallagher plays the central character, and she's fantastic. Okay. Uh, she's amazing. But I just found the script quite funny, and I get to play Jack the Lad. Um, I had a lot of fun in this role, quite free, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And what else am I doing? I'm doing a TV show called The Head, season two in uh, two months okay um, john lynch is in it so i get to i mean i'm a big john lynch fan so i'm getting to get to work with him for three months and then i'm going to do a movie uh which is a 12-week shoot uh <laughs> it's very ambitious it's uh going to be working with barry ward and we're okay. two brothers who try and climb a mountain uh, like everest <laughs> they're two things i'm excited about okay the, the, the randomness i can't like i can't plan what's what's going to happen with a uh, career better off one yeah. thing i've learned over this time is you're better off going with the flow mate you know yeah. whatever well, happens happens you know well look it's working for you may the road continue to rise to you and it's lovely to talk to you again mo it's lovely to chat to you mo dumford there talking to me about his blooming career and also his new movie night ride which is now available to stream on netflix as of the 4th of March, and I suggest you do because it's a great little thriller. I say little a lot. To me, that's a term of infection when you're describing a movie, you know? It, 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 you get into it, it's, it's simple, it's easy, it works for you. I mean it as a compliment. Mo knows what I mean. That's it for this week. What's on next week? God, who knows? Oh yes, I know. Sean Levy. Yes, he's the man who gave us everything from Free Guy to Night at the Museum. He's talking to us about his new movie, The Adam Project. Fascinating guy. I want to thank Anne-Marie Kane who helped on the show this week, as she does every other week. Just remind you, you want to get in touch with me at any stage, you can do so. John underscore Fardy is my Twitter handle. Or you can email me, screentime at newstalk.com. Remind you also that this show is available as a podcast every Friday at 5 p.m on Newstalk.com or the Newstalk app powered by Go Loud. And it's on the radio every Saturday at 6pm right here on Newstalk. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. 